0: Welcome to Squirt to Stab with Tony and Pat. Hello. Coming to you from my basement that my wife kicked me down into.
1: Yeah, do you blame her?
0: Yeah, I do, in fact. I'm the coolest person I know.
1: Okay. I think so, anyway. Okay. There's an argument there. But you know, I if I were I mean, no, no one knows where you are. You could just say from my studio in, you know, North my, Shore. No, I would say like my <laughs> studio
0: in Pasadena. Yeah, they don't. They I'm don't the, know. They don't know what Pasadena that is.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I I only know of one. Is there a Pasadena in the Chicagoland area?
0: I don't know. I've never checked. There could be.
1: Oh. All right. Well, hey, Well, hey, I'll let you finish the intro, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I just can, I not can help from starting to talk there.
0: I didn't know we had, like, a, a, you know, a normal intro that we do.
1: Well, oh, okay. Well, you know. I thought the, the intro e- was,
0: this is Squirt to Stab with Tony and Pat and coming <laughs> to you from my studio in Beverly Hills.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess the part where you talk about the email and the people, to, you know. I guess that's not really oh, the intro anymore. Oh,
0: yeah. Email us at squirt to stab at gmail.com. With your questions, reviews, suggestions, telling me how great I am.
1: Yeah. We haven't got the hot honey rub lady back in a while. No, That's kind of depressing.
0: I, yeah, I don't think she's ever coming back.
1: <coughs> yeah. I was, uh oh. We had a, I hurt. Was that you?
0: No, that was not me. But,
1: uh, oh. but yeah, um, so yeah, uh the hot, the hot honey rub lady. I was hoping she'd come back, talk and even get her like on a in an interview. You know, that would have been great, you know. Maybe you could have like some kind of a hot ri- uh, podcast affair with her. I'm sure your wife really? would love that.
0: I am happily married. Yeah. I did well. I did well in that aspect of my life. Everything else my my life is a mess, but um I definitely uh you know as my how's my friend put it, I, I kicked my coverage with the my choice and the woman I married.
1: Cool. Yeah. All right, we're getting. I'm getting a a little weird feedback. Give me one second. I can hear stuff on the line. Give me one oh, second.
0: I will give you one second. One one thousand. Two <laughs> one thousand. During nice. this time, I can talk about things that uh, I do to piss off my wife. I actually think it should be some type of segment. Um. So, uh, I sent her, and this is, this is from a while back. I don't know if you remember when the women's, uh, USA soccer team, you know, the ones that won that cup played right. uh, a bunch of 15 year old boys and they got beat <laughs> by the 15 year old th- boys beat them. Yes. Yeah, so the 15 year old boys beat them. Well, for some reason it came up in in some feed in the past week. So I just sent it to my wife to be funny and she went crazy on me, and I'm like, why? She's like, well, I know what you're trying to say. I'm like, uh, what, I'm saying that men are naturally bigger, stronger, faster than women? And, like, she's acting like I was being some, like, sexist jerk, which maybe I was a little bit, but.
1: I, I see um, her the, point, though. I see yeah. her point. <laughs> I mean, when I talk to you, I don't, I, I, I think she was questioning where your heart is, and. uh <laughs> i kind of agree with her (laughs) here's the
0: thing though here's the thing was
1: it like hey this is interesting look at what i just uh, fell upon some information and then
0: you know what's funny though like if we'll get in arguments which i'm not gonna lie sometimes we get in arguments i do it because it kind of turns me on Mm -hmm. only with her when i argue with other people (laughs) i just get angry but anyway um she always ends up she's like i don't need a man i don't need a man it's like oh really But she can't, you know, pull the garbage bag out of the garbage can to take it out to the garage. But she doesn't need a man.
1: Do you ever wonder if just your general attitude just kind of sucks when it comes to things like with the whole man-woman thing? And You know, do you ever
0: think... I don't think it sucks. Like, I didn't want to get into the whole girl-kicker thing. Um... I I mean I th- I think that was just I think that was for show. I'm gonna be honest, because you can't tell me there wasn't another soccer player um, that was you know more qualified to kick that ball. Also, notice when she kicked the ball. I don't. Did you watch it at all? You
1: what are you what talking, talking about?
0: about? You have no idea no. what I'm talking about. Do you?
1: Are you talking about the girl that is the kicker for Vanderbilt for Van college Vanderbilt. football
0: team? Yes. Um do you know she squibbed that kick on the kickoff? And why do you think she did that?
1: Maybe because it was if a she strategy? actually I don't
0: know: No, because if she actually kicked it for a return, she becomes an actual player on the field that's going to have to try to tackle. So they didn't want her to get labeled. they did it for show and told her just to squib it. And so she didn't have to become an active participant.
1: So wait, she was only there for one kick.
0: Yeah, they got beat like forty to nothing, and the only time she got the kick was at halftime.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: I'm just. I mean, I. I know people are gonna say, "Oh, Tony's sexist." I'm like, "Am I though, or am I just pointing out a fact that it was all?" Which one could argue that's what sports are—is just one big show. But.
1: Well, oh, I mean, or, just, I mean, we could be just assuming because we really don't know, right? We really don't know,
0: but that's that's my take on it. I mean, yeah, don't, but, you usually, don't you usually have to, like, train in the summer and make the team, you know?
1: Well, sure. I know a lot of people are pulled from soccer teams. I didn't know yeah. about these 15-year-old boys beating the yeah. American yeah. women's team. That's crazy to me mm-hmm. because those, that woman – I always wondered if they could beat the men's <laughs> soccer yeah. team. But it, it's uh, – I, I know that for, for, for men in this country, that they say that the soccer team isn't as good – because a lot of the great athletes don't prefer to play soccer; they prefer to play like football or basketball or baseball. Yeah, and that's the reason why I, you know, people and even hockey. I think they even yeah. mentioned why uh, why men's hockey isn't even better here.
0: Yeah, I mean, our elite athletes play football and basketball. I know people are going to argue about that, but all the greatest, all the best athletes I knew. And still know today are playing, they played either football or basketball.
1: <clears throat> like the closest thing of having a great athlete American was Kobe Bryant when he was coming up. He grew up, he knew a whole bunch of languages. He grew up, I think, in Italy. So he loved soccer and he had a hard time early on wondering. Even his dad played professional basketball and he wasn't sure if he wanted to play soccer or if he wanted to play basketball. Yeah. Imagine I mean, if he would have played soccer. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. um, but it's uh but yeah as far as that though i mean the fact that you said where you just said your wife needs you because she can't pull the trash bag out of a trash can I mean yeah but i is that you, that's for that obviously it's for entertainment purposes you don't think she's smart enough to know if that were even a problem that she would say hey i'll just get smaller trash bags and just take them out quicker faster you know blah 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 i mean do you Don't you think but, that is there any good out of your comment? You think like any posi- positive? What about other the than cent- to say, yeah, about the comment about the trash can, or is that something where you, no? Is I'm that just, the, is,
0: I'm, I'm just saying that she tells me I don't need a man, and I win because I say, honey, I don't need anybody but you, and then I win because what else is she gonna say? Fuck <laughs> off!
1: <laughs> 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 uh, maybe you did. You think you felt threatened? I do. You feel? You, let, let's let's. uh I feel threatened? Let's by ask one. that. Just... Let's go deeper. Do you think she you felt a little threatened when she said she doesn't need a man?
0: Oh no, she says it all the time. I don't give a shit. I'm to the point where she wants to leave. Whatever, whatever. I don't do what you need to do, woman.
1: Be careful with what you wish for. <laughs>
0: I'm not saying I'm wishing for it.
1: I mean, next thing you know, you're sit, you're having to wash the dishes, Tony. I <laughs> mean, you're talking about like, he's like, "What do you bring to the table?" <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "You need me." It's like, "No, no, I don't." You don't even do the goddamn dishes. <laughs> you're out. I have to clean more because of you. <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, that's what she says. She's like, "Leave the house; will always be clean." I'm like, "Oh I'm, shit!" So, dude,
1: I'm only dude. I'm only like in the basement. Like that's where I do all my shit. Yeah. I mean, are you there the whole time?
0: Like in the basement,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, when she unlocks the door to the upstairs, I get to come up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the lock's on the outside of the, <laughs> yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah, dude. Is it? Is that how? Is that how it works for basements? You can lock no, there actually
0: coming... There's actually no lock on the door.
1: Yeah, no. you, the well, lock goes. I, I the lock goes. However you. Everyone.
0: Well, no, the lock goes on. However you want to turn it on, or yeah. put it Unless on. That's usually main, how
1: it right? works in like. Dungeons and shit yeah. is when you put the locks on. Yeah, I have. What you
0: want. Yes, I have a lookout basement anyway, so I could just go through a window, which I've done before.
1: There's a window you can go through in the basement. Yeah, you're talking about those little basement windows. No,
0: my I have a lookout basement. I, like it's, I think it's called an English basement, where I have actually okay. full size windows. It's not a walk out The wall goes like uh-huh. halfway up. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That's interesting. That's good, though. At least you can get out, like, in case of a fire. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's easy to get out out of my You just throw your body
1: right through the window. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You see some giant man flying through the basement window. Hey, you all right? It's
0: like what (laughs) glass?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, all right, yeah. man. Well, um, a,
0: uh, yeah, dude. I have a story every week about how I pissed off my wife, and I, I don't even—I don't really even mean to.
1: Well, dude, that's just part of life, right?
0: I guess. I mean, for
1: what my, me, and my wife, we'll get into heated discussions. You know how I am. I mean, I'll, I'll start talking, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I have to listen here for a second. And then all of a sudden, she makes sense, and then it pisses me off more. Like then, I felt like, well, that just discredits the whole reason why I was pissed off. And then I like have sometimes to accept the fact that, you know what, maybe I could have possibly been wrong just now. And then I just sit there, okay, I just need to listen. And then other times I feel like, hey, you know, but everyone has things they have to work out, right? But I think that's the great thing about the whole partnership and, and you guys being able to talk it through. I mean, you guys have been together a long time, you know. So in a way, I can't even really talk about some of the things you guys have probably gone with because we don't even have kids yet. You guys have been together, what, 17 years?
0: Uh we've I mean, been together since time. yeah 18 we've been together 18 years yeah and been married for 17
1: I mean that's a long time yeah
0: I proposed to her after only 4 months of dating I, I knew remember. she was the one I knew she was the one
1: Yeah well what's what does she say about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well she obviously agreed <laughs>
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. Well, she she knew what she wanted too I think sometimes women know more about knowing what they want than men in a sense like I know for me if a lot of things hadn't happened with me and my wife I don't know if we'd ever been married but she was able to have the vision at the early stages and I didn't I was just kind of like some stupid kid some stupid guy actually a kid but I was in my 30s when we met and you know she kind of knew it was like kind of weird like how did we know this was going to turn into like the loves of our life because you know they say loves at first sight yeah I did. I did. I mean, it was kind of that, but the majority, I had no idea this was the person I was going to marry. I was just like, oh, she's just a, um, you know, she's very good looking and I like her for, you know, reasons that typically you don't look into necessarily a wife. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, man, I just always count my blessings. Like, I'm just glad. I'm just glad I met her because you think about it when you met your how you met your wife, like how I met my wife was like we almost didn't even meet. It took a lot in order for everything to work for us to even meet. That one moment that sparked enough traction to say, let's go out again, right? Like if I hadn't gone, gone out that day or whatever, I would never have met her. It was, who knows where, what would happen, right? Do you, think it, do you, do you believe in like faith? Do you think that like in some cases people were meant to meet people? In
0: a way, I mean, if it wasn't for Sloppy, I would have never gone out that night. It's like, let's go out, Tony. Let's let's go get some chicks. Well, that was you me and I, Sloppy, right? Yeah. It was us because Sloppy yeah. and I were going out. Yeah.
1: yeah. You never used to go out with us Harmony. No,
0: nope. no.
1: Nope. Especially because I think that was even a weeknight or something. Yeah. Like it was think, a weird, like it wasn't even like a, a real night to go out. Like you yeah. would go out with us on weekends, but like that was a weekday because you're always kind of the responsible one.
0: Yeah, it was like a Tuesday or a Thursday, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it was exactly a Tuesday or a Thursday, because I remember where we went and they had a thing on t- I think Tuesday or Thursday night to go out. Yeah, and feel so- <laughs> I kind of feel like it was even a Tuesday night, or I think it may have even been a Monday night, actually.
0: Yeah, but it's like this is what fate has done to me.
1: It was crazy. It was almost as in, as when you walked. We walked through the door. It wasn't that long. Yeah, and you looked over. I'm like, hey, I think you. you, I I don't even think you announced it. I just all of a sudden you were over there, and I was like, see you talking to a girl. I'm like,
0: no, she walked over to me, dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I let I let women come to me.
1: Like you went to the bathroom or something, right? Because
0: I don't remember. I'm shy and an introvert. That's why women come to me.
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, man.
0: Good times.
1: Yeah, that was well, anyway. that was crazy. Everything kind of happened fast after that. Yeah, but hey, when you know what you want, man. You you were always a guy that kind of always knew, man. Kind kind of be honest, you're you're a real good guy. I feel like you always kind of knew you didn't want to be, like like I I mean after that point, I was like 15 years, 10 to 12 more years after you guys got married, of me wandering to Earth like Cain from Kung Fu, as he said in Pulp Fiction. I mean, my life was all like to see how. Much I could teeter into the, the most destructive path possible and doing all these things. And I, I mean, to me, it was like having fun, doing all these things, experiencing different things. And, you know, like I couldn't imagine you just like, you're like, let's just get to it. Yeah. Let's get to the family. I don't need to waste my time doing non-essential things. You know, that's what happened. I mean, that's about, at least from my point, that's kind of my perspective on it. You know, me, I just kind of had to be, Someone needed to pick me up by the back of my collar and brush me off and go, okay, you're going to be a husband now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, are you sure about this?
0: I'm forcing you into this.
1: I mean, honestly, dude, the whole court, the whole, I know we weren't even slated to talk about this, but I literally had... uh no desire to probably be married. I think I did tell you, though, early on, even when we were buddies in high school, I said, dude, I'm not getting married till I'm in my 40s.
0: Yeah, you told me that.
1: I'm like, what's the point? I'm not, I don't want to, Why? I could be married the rest of my life. Why Why do I, I mean, I had a weird ad to I me. Mean, you know, it's funny when you're in high school and you're young, you literally, like, I literally thought I was an expert at relationships. Like, yeah, man, anyone who gets married before the age of 40 is out of their gourd. <laughs> you know like yeah. but but i know a lot of relations my my older sister's been married for since she was in her mid early 20s uh they're doing great we have a high school buddy that's been married since high school yeah they're that's still crazy. married we have another buddy who has been married with his high school sweetheart they got married after high school and they have a great and you i check in we talk rarely like if it was like a phone call or something saw him at the reunion but I mean, it's crazy. You're like, man, I think at least where we came from, I think a lot of. In fact, I don't even know of any friends we went to high school with. I'm sure we there is someone that got divorced, but like the our close friends have all yeah. kind of met their wives, got married and are ever living happily ever after.
0: What the hell is wrong with us?
1: I don't know, man. It's weird. I would never have guessed I would have had a healthy relationship ever in my life. Of course, at the time when I was young, I would have thought I did would. But luckily, luckily it, it happened. I had good mentors around me, my, and plus my parents. So I had something to look up to and, and think, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good way of doing it. You know, now my, my, my parents, my mom and dad, they, of course, did get divorced early on. But after they remarried, they have been together forever with their... My, my stepfather and my stepmother are probably... First of all, it's a good thing my parents found them because they, my step-parents are the ones who kind of kept everything together. But its uh, I've been lucky because some people say you have like three or four step parents and they have all these shitty stories. Like for me, I don't think it could have turned out any more perfect because now I have two sets of great parents. Not to say that you should get divorced. But I also think that people shouldn't stay in an unhappy marriage either. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Um, and if you guys want uh, any family counseling or couples counseling, just uh, email the show at squirtastab at gmail dot com. Tony and I will be yeah. more than happy to let you know what you need to do different in your lives. Take it from us.
0: Yeah, listen to us. No, <laughs> actually, to we'll, stab, we'll, uh, <laughs> couples counseling. To, we'll send you to someone more qualified.
1: Yeah, now nah, qualified, dude. <laughs> you said it yourself, man. You're the trash guy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we'll set people straight. Yeah. So how was your Thanksgiving, man?
0: It was good. Yeah, um, yeah. I went over to my sister in law's. Probably broke the law, but I don't know. I don't care. And then, uh, you know, oh, because
1: the, uh, because you went someone's house.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Don't oh yeah,
1: me. I mean, was it weird? Was it kind of a a different kind of Thanksgiving than normal for you? No,
0: no. Well, just different that we usually go see uh, go to my parents. Um, but other than that it wasn't weird because um I don't know. We've been hanging out forever. So it you know some people are just kinda just you know, doing normal things, man. Right. So, no, it's just it was good. We had turkey, sweet potato casserole, you know, the normal shit.
1: Yeah, cool. We we did a social distancing kind of Thanksgiving in my parents' basement. It's huge. Me and my wife, my brother, his girlfriend, and then my parents. And um, I mean, for us, it's whatever. We I mean, we've dealt with this the way we've we've seen each other for the last eight months. You know, like I haven't hugged a parent in forever. I haven't really hugged anyone but my wife in forever. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, because that's all I have in my nuclear family. I don't have kids or anything like that. I mean, if I had kids, it would be a whole new thing. If you have kids, you just have to, and of course, and especially if they're going to school, I mean, the way you got to look at it is you're going to get COVID. I mean, yeah. how are you not going to get it? If you have kids going to school, you're going to get it. I mean, I, it, it's probably a, different, a whole different ballgame. For us, we're going through stuff to be able to have a kid. So we have to be real careful because we're out a ton of money with stuff if we get it. Cause then the whole process stops with, uh, we're going through IVF. And so with IVF, you put a, that's a very expensive process and they, they test my wife all the time because she has to go and get tested and get all the stuff done. So for us, it's like, that's really, I mean, of course we want to be responsible and not be part of the problem and transmit either. But for us, it's like, you know, we don't want to put a big dent in our pocketbook. So the whole thing with, the, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, I have a lot of different threads saying Happy Thanksgiving. A lot of people kept commenting on how, man, this was a really weird Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, and like I, I said, for me, you know.
1: it was pretty normal. Yeah, you guys were yeah. all, like, drinking yeah, out of the same cup and shit. No,
0: we didn't do that, <laughs> but uh, we did the uh, bare-chested wrestling ritual we do in the basement every year, and everyone seems fine still, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, bare-chested wrestling. Yep. Well, it's the only maybe way to there's go. A, whole, a whole other problem there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Her family's a little bit strange.
1: Yeah, it sounds cool to me. Who who won? I
0: did, man. No one's taking me out.
1: I thought Michelle had some pretty strapping brothers.
0: No, well, just just the one brother.
1: Or are you just? Are you just fighting kids?
0: Uh, I fought mostly the kids.
1: Well, of course you won. You probably really were doing your best and like smashing him against the walls. Yeah,
0: and... dude, I I pinned my 11 year old cousin in like three seconds. Or, I mean nephew. Good for in, like, you. three seconds. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Good job.
1: Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure you were <laughs> screaming jubilantly, holding a belt over your head.
0: Yeah, the problem is I'm only <laughs> half joking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what was your re- what's your wrestling name? <laughs> wrestling name. Dude, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just,
0: dude, it's just Uncle Tony, man.
1: <laughs> Tony baloney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd be like the overlord, and yet you yeah. paint your face for this.
0: Oh, I should have.
1: Yeah, yeah, what's wrong with you?
0: You know what's funny is uh, I did argue with my 11-year-old nephew for like a half hour about how much soccer sucks. That's the funny thing, because they're all soccer players. <sighs> yeah. In fact, uh, my one nephew, he's actually a D1 soccer player. But, uh, wow. yeah, Um, so, but, yeah, just tell, uh, you know, because everything got wimpy in this country once we started letting all the kids play soccer. So I blame soccer.
1: <laughs> you're, not, you're so stupid. Dude, think yeah. about it. Think That's about what it happened. When, think it's about the when, soccer.
0: Think about when all the kids started getting wimpy. It was when all these parents started making their kids play soccer.
1: No, it wasn't when yes. they started playing soccer. Pele's yes. kids, they started playing soccer here in the late '60s. Really, no, heavily. it
0: got it got popular in the '90s. Everybody was yeah. playing soccer.
1: Sounds like a pretty knowledgeable, uh, rational thing. All yeah, you it was have when soccer to do, Pat.
0: Came. Pat, all you have to do <laughs> is observe. I do. All
1: you I, have I, to I, do I, is I, observe, you, you lo- Pat. I want to. I want to look at the world through the same glass that you do. And just see what it's like. Because I I think that 90% of the things you say, you don't even actually truly believe. Like, there's no way of a man of your intelligence that believes (laughs) anything you just said about soccer. Now, I think there's a big argument of how soccer is definitely flawed. I I mean, I can't watch more than maybe 10 minutes of soccer just because of the people that fall down because they're trying to draw a foul. You know, yeah. but then yeah, I see it in the NBA. I, ha- yeah. I saw it in the NFL the other day, but it was more funny to me because the guy purposely made it out like like it was like a late hit on a tackle. He's a linebacker. And then he pretended to fall down in pain and he started grabbing his arm and his teammates were laughing at him. But like, yeah, that's for me. But I mean, you think of the endurance you need to do to play soccer. I mean, you think like soccer and hockey, Hockey's kind of like soccer, only way more physical, which to me makes it more awesome. And the fact that it's uh, more action because there's more goals scored, typically. But you know, we also were raised in a, in an environment and also where soccer wasn't like the premier sport. Like, my dad was born in a place where soccer was like the was like that, and boxing, and I think cycling were big in Italy. Yeah, well, at well, least boxing it- in my dad's family because <laughs> my 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 grandfather was a gold glove boxer apparently yeah. or did something.
0: Well, I was going to so, say, besides the United States and probably Canada, I mean, soccer rules the world, right? Everybody plays soccer.
1: Everyone loves watching soccer, man. I mean, you, the highest paid fo- uh, soccer teams, well, people call it football teams. or fo- I can't call it football because I confuse myself. But the soccer teams like Manchester United, I think Manchester City, they have the highest payrolls than any other team. Yeah. And it, like even here in the NFL, you think, man, think of these NBA teams and some of these. Teams, baseball, football, how how much they pay these guys? But you're telling me that soccer teams have higher payrolls. That's incredible. Yeah, Obviously, well, they're making a ton of money.
0: If it's if it's the biggest thing, man, the biggest and really yeah. only thing. I mean, I don't know how you know what other sports they're really playing that could be that big. Besides maybe rugby and, and cricket, right? I mean, what else are they yeah. playing over there?
1: I mean, cycling. Then you think of Formula One, but I mean, people call it like a, a sport. But, yeah, people, there's a lot of popular other sports, I guess. You know, to me, like, oh, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand watching golf. Now I feel myself clicking in and checking on golf. I'm like, what have have I done? You know, even tennis, it's like I don't know much about tennis, but that's a pretty pretty cool sport, man. Yeah, I love playing tennis. And I play it, man. It's like that, you think of that. Like, tennis, you're never stopping, and you're always sprinting. I mean, and then you're stopping for a second, then you're sprinting again and running around and swinging your arms. I mean, that's insane. Like boxing, have you ever, sparring? I remember when I first sparred in the military, and this is when I was in probably the best shape of my life. That is not easy, man. And then you're starting to get tired. Then if you take a hit to the head, it is super strange because you're tired, gasping for air. Next thing you know, you're like literally seeing stars. And you're laughing, and then you you go to like laughing to kind of trying to breathe because <laughs> yeah. you're like, "Holy shit, I just got punched in the face, and that's when I was wearing we were' wearing those helmets too, you know, like can imagine taking a shot without wearing one of those shop shock absorbent helmets. so um, but yeah, but speaking of that, so yeah, Thanksgiving, so to give everyone an update uh i I ate meat, I had turkey. I feel great. And I would like I was telling you earlier, I just had turkey for breakfast this morning because I said I was gonna have turkey for Thanksgiving and to and my definition of when the meal is over is when the turkey's all gone. So I think I have enough turkey for maybe one more, maybe two more turkey sandwiches. Which brings me to a question I'm gonna ask you because what I'd like to do with leftover turkey, I like to put a little plate together if I have it, but I like having turkey. I don't need to warm it up. I put it on bread with mustard and I eat my turkey sandwiches. That's how I like it. Do you eat leftover turkey and how do you like to eat it?
0: I will eat it, but what I do is um, I just melt butter over it <laughs> and eat it that way. So mm. yeah, heat it I've up been known with to
1: actually do it because you kind of yeah. add moisture to it, right? Yeah,
0: and it's, it tastes good with the butter, but... Um, I didn't have any leftover turkey this year, and I actually wanted to try it with ghee. I don't know if you ever had ghee. It's like clarified yes, butter. Yes,
1: ghee is great.
0: Yeah, and uh, but I didn't have any leftover turkey, so I wasn't able to try that.
1: Oh, man. But That's ghee does good...
0: taste good, man. I mean. I, I agree. I agree. I didn't, I didn't know that, but the, uh, ghee is what they used to use it, like red lobster and stuff to dip like your, your crab and stuff in.
1: I'm sure they don't use it anymore.
0: They probably don't. Because ghee is
1: kind of like, ghee isn't that cheap.
0: Yeah, it's not.
1: But it doesn't need to be
0: refrigerated, though.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I always thought that was weird, too. But what's strange about ghee, and maybe that's why they found it to be maybe if they did still use it, maybe there was something to do with how profitable or how inexpensive it can be because they don't have to refrigerate it and they can just ship it everywhere without. But people who are allergic to milk, a lot of people find themselves being allergic to milk. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's the way that it's made, especially in the United States. It's called A1 casein. And there's milk out there that's called A2 milk. Have you ever seen that? No. A2 is like a certain way. Like cows in Europe and stuff are are part A2 casein. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sure someone could email us and correct me and explain how stupid I am and then explain the real way. But basically, people who find themselves allergic to a lot of Impurifications and all this stuff in milk have A2, and it's it's a lot cleaner. The casein's better. It's not, it's not like it was developed with different hormones. These cows, like they are a lot of them, are here. And people can that are allergic to milk can actually drink A2 and not have any problems
2: at all. Oh,
1: yeah. My 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 mom, my stepmom, when she was in Italy, um, her and my dad were out there. She has, uh, she basically has an allergy to dairy, and she is dairy sensitive and a lot of things that bothers her. And she hates that, of course, because who doesn't love dairy? Um, but she found that she could have the milk in Europe and then found out about the A2. And now there's A2 milk you can get out here. That's interesting. Thought that pretty interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were drinking before yeah. we went vegan. Yeah. Now we drink almond milk and everything else like that. But yeah, our Thanksgiving, other than the turkey, actually everything on the plate except for the gravy was made vegan. No dairy. And that's only because my my brother has dairy uh, in, uh, sensitivity and my, my stepmom. And they've developed, my stepmom's a great cook and she makes things you don't even, like mashed potatoes. Actually, my, my wife made the mashed potatoes non-dairy and they were delicious. You would never have been able to tell. Even my, my brother's girlfriend was like, man, who, who, what, how did you make these? And she makes it with, it's called no chicken broth. It's like a chicken broth, but it's made of vegetable instead of chicken. But it tastes like chicken broth which I always preferred mashed potatoes with chicken broth anyway when it, when I could eat chicken broth. But it was delicious, man. So the only thing we had that was actually not there. But I also had some, since I was eating turkey, my dad gave me some Italian salami and some cheese to have before, like, at the beginning of our day. And it was delicious. Everyone says, oh, you're going to feel weird after you eat meat or cheese the first time. You you're felt like, you're You're right. Fine. Oh, I felt
0: awesome. Weird? Yeah, I was going to say, your body's probably like, yes, I have this. But I didn't nutrition. eat a ton. I act,
1: I actually told myself, you know, salami, just because the way salami and sausage is made. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. So I did have just a little bit and a little bit of cheese. But it might, the stuff that my dad gets is good stuff. It's not like, you know, opening up a cheap meat and cheese and eating it where most of it's oils and preservatives. It's real good stuff. So, But no, I felt fine. Now, if I were to probably have continued eating a whole bunch, I probably would have felt somewhat screwed up. So, But yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Um, but yeah, cool. so a lot of people thought it was different. I don't even look at it because right now I feel like if things were normal, that would feel weird to me now because of all the isolation and how everything is in society with, not being able to go to a movie theater or feeling, you know, feeling awkward. If you go to a restaurant and wondering like, Oh my God, people are contaminated or, you know, everyone's being real careful and wearing masks and Oh, I can now take my mask off to eat. Like what's going on. I mean, there's no doubt. There's a lot of different things going on. To me, it was just another day, but I got to spend it with family and we had an awesome meal. And then, um, so yeah, but you know, it got me thinking like about black Friday like, I'm wondering, is, I'm surprised that, you know, people like you were talking. Were you the one who was telling me about the mayor in Denver?
0: Uh, I could have been. Oh, no, but, yeah. but it, I guess but it was yeah, like he said, him.
1: or the governor. The go- I don't know if he was the governor of, of Colorado or the mayor of Denver saying, telling people you probably should stay home. Don't go and visit family. Don't go out and do things. But then people found out he went to like got on a plane to, to go to see family in either Mississippi or somewhere, Missouri. I don't know where he went. Well, so he's getting a whole bunch of shit now.
0: Well, that's part of the problem. Lee. I mean, he's not the only government official who's done this. They, you know, tell you what to do and they do the opposite. So I right. mean, that's a confusing message, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to be a leader, be a leader, lead by example, you know, you think of how, how, I mean, how difficult these decisions are. If People are going to say, Hey, we got to, close this down or we're going to have to have put a curfew. And I mean, I feel like I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they think that they're doing what's right. And that they probably feel like it's a difficult decision. What haunts me is that I feel like they're just making it political. Yeah. And they're doing it because they want people to like them. But I mean, you think this has got to be a difficult decision. So you make this decision, tell people this, then you're going to go get on a plane. Yeah. He better not get reelected. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well,
0: Someone said the problem with democracy, you eventually get the government you deserve.
1: I guess, man. I mean, if anyone's to blame for this, it's us, the people.
0: Yeah, I mean.
1: You know, we allowed it to happen. These people trying to make as much money, they fill their pockets. That's how that's all politics is, is marketing. Who can make the most money is going to be the person who's going to hold certain positions in government. It's pretty, pretty sad. Pretty sad, but then I started thinking black. So Black Friday, how's everything going to be different now? Are people still going to go know. out? Are people yeah. going to go? I mean, did anyone be- go out? Do you know anything yeah, about my, this?
0: Yeah, my my wife and her family went out shopping.
1: <laughs> wow, really?
0: They go out every Black Friday. I mean, I never go. I think it's stupid, but it's kind of it's not even about the shopping. I think it's just about getting together and going out because it's you know everybody has the day off and they can just get together and go.
1: I guess that's my nightmare: getting in a line. I know, right? Well, you I don't know,
0: want to deal with that.
1: Now, have you ever made a purchase on Black Friday? Is, and it was, like, what's the best purchase you've ever made on Black Friday? Uh,
0: I don't know. If I did it, it was online. Um, probably just like video game stuff. Yeah. Like, like, you know, either a PlayStation Plus membership or an, uh, Game Pass or Xbox Live membership, probably.
1: Hmm, really? It was 2000... Yeah. 2000- for me it was in 2009. I lived out in LA. Me and my roommates were like, man, we need a we had like a we were renting this house in West Hollywood. And um we decided to we wanted to get a big screen TV. You know this is before the prices came down. Now you can get really nice TVs for pretty cheap.
0: Yeah, really cheap.
1: Even like 2 years later after we had our got our 65-inch um what is it? LG, 4K, UHD, smart TV. We bought it. And they, you know, we, it's like, oh, this is a $3,800 TV. And we got it for $2,800. It was like when we went out and bought furniture, and we're like what a deal. And then my parents, like last year, they bought the same TV, only brand new. And it's so it's thinner. And they got it for like 1200 bucks or something.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, amazing how cow. fast they come down in price.
1: So we decided, my buddy said, I'll go stand in line and get this deal. It was a 55-inch, I think it's like Sony, you know, in 2009. So we went there, and we all pitched in to get this TV, and he went and got it. And that was like, I remember how, how awesome it felt to get a good deal. And I think we still paid like 3000 bucks or over $2,000 for this thing. This is before TVs had smart, you know, this isn't like smart TV shit. This is just having a big TV. Yeah, you know, I think you could have like the HD cables, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah. Other than that, man, I just Black Friday like stay clear, man. I'm just going to stay as far away from malls and stores as possible.
0: Yeah. Well, my son and daughter went with her, and I ba- pretty much slept the entire day. It was awesome. <laughs> I like slept on the couch, then I went upstairs. I l- was listening to a podcast, fell asleep on the bed. It was it was an awesome day for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that. That sounds like a good time. Black Friday to me is like call it sleep all day Friday.
0: Yeah, pretty much, man. Leave me Except alone Friday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Play video games all day Friday and see how much I can eat Friday. All right, so um here, give me a second, man. I'm having some problems with my technology. So yeah, so uh did you watch the fight? Did you watch the F- Tyson fight last night?
0: Yeah, of course I did. What I yeah, was they called it a draw. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew it was going to be a draw. I knew if it went the distance, it was going to be a draw. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying, like, my nephews were over. My son uh, was watching. My one nephew is younger than my son. And I didn't realize it was going to be a show that uh, liked to drop the F word and, and, uh, that through the entire thing um, It was not family friendly at all So I'm sure there's a lot of dads Out there that was like yeah man I get to watch Mike Tyson again I'm going to have my kids watch with me And then uh, they're promoting weed, Which I'm fine with promoting weed It's legal whatever But uh, and, and then all the swearing with the rapping And stuff
1: it was weird because there's no audience, so it makes yeah. it weird. to had the mirrors. I was, I because was, I even texted him like, "Hey, are you watching the same thing I'm watching?" Yeah. And a guy started rapping something to do with she swallowed, like she won the lotto, and I was like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah. <laughs> like she won the lotto. That's how that was her prize. It's like, what are you talking yeah. about? And I was just trying to. Like I was just wondering, is there gonna be a fight? You know, I don't have to worry about kids, but if I did, I would have been like,
0: yeah, like I was like, geez, oh, man, I was like, okay, this is
1: yes. And this is this is
0: part of the whole like thing about our society. Are we going to really choose? I know we want to talk about the fight, but it's like we want to ban baby. It's cold outside. But then like this is totally acceptable, you know? So I
1: think it's just perspective, though, again, Tony, yeah. we are talking about two different things because you're paying to watch this service. And the one thing that intrigues people about paying for a service like Sirius XM, this is that uh, it's not regulated by the FCC. But also, yes, I think people need to get a. But on the, on, the, on the other end of it, I think people need to understand the history of what time what what times were like. Yeah. Okay. You feel that way. Well, good. That means you're sensitive and understand that things may there could be something inappropriate about what was said today, but understand that back in 1932, things were different. And I think it's okay for people to have to go and t- take a look. like, I've heard the argument about Seinfeld being anti-Semitic. you know, all the, sh- a lot of these shows, cartoons, even, and, I mean, yeah, we all knew. I remember hearing 20, 30 years ago how Looney Tunes and the old cartoons where they are chasing someone with an axe and shooting them was like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. You know, maybe but, we don't want to show our kids this. But but I'm just saying
0: that when when I ordered the fight, I thought it was a sports, you know, I knew it was exhibition, but I'm like, so I just figured it was like a regular boxing match. You can sit down and watch with your kids and not have to worry about that. And then, like you said, it's like you're watching it, and all of a sudden guys are, are, are rapping, and it's like it's not PG, you know. So, And yeah, maybe there was a right. rating. There could have been a rating, and I didn't notice because I didn't even think it to look. But, um, I mean, if that's the direction they want to take boxing in, okay, whatever.
1: Well, it's definitely not going to be a kid-friendly environment. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, a lot of the things, I mean, the guy lit up a joint. Which again, yeah. to me, I don't care, and plus, I don't have kids, I have to worry about yeah. one, hey, what's he doing? Like, my kid knows what a what, will know what a joint is probably. Yeah, I mean, my I don't whole thing be sheltered. And s- yeah,
0: not that that two like because one substance is is legal, another should be. I mean, I, I, that's a personal opinion, but alcohol is legal, and I personally think that's worse than marijuana. So, which I know a lot of people argue about that. So, I it's like they're both legal so whatever i don't care you know
1: right yeah um yeah so yeah it was weird it just seemed weird because there's no audience and it was weird just how it was man i mean i guess they did it there i guess uh weed map was one of the big sponsors on triller i think triller is a betting site if i'm correct
0: i thought it was a music site
1: Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it was. I thought you could bet on there. Maybe I mean, she they, they didn't even get the point across. I don't even know what the hell Triller is. Yeah. But Weed Map was one. I mean, they were you know, it was a they're a marijuana company apparently. I just saw it in the background, so I don't even know what what it is. Yeah,
0: I think. But it's like, I thought the thing.
1: fight. I thought the fight was good. I I don't see it as a draw. I thought Tyson well, dominated. Tyson. Yeah. I Plus thought Tyson, Tyson looked like he was in boxing shape, and Roy Jones yeah. Jr. kind of looked like me with no shirt on.
0: Yeah, like he just showed up. Like, all right, I'll do it and just showed yeah. up. I mean, it was entertaining. And, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Everything I'm saying, I would still get the fights. I'm a, I, I like right. MMA. I like boxing. So, they, personally, I don't care if they're doing that stuff now that I know. I just won't invite my 10-year-old nephew over to watch it.
1: Right. You know. But the big story, I think, Jake Paul. So, I was hoping he yeah. I'm a Bulls fan, obviously. Nate, Nate Robinson played for the Bulls. Yeah. He's an athlete. He was an awesome football player as well. I mean, obviously he didn't have the reach or the size, but I thought he was going to like Jake Paul had one fight under his belt. I thought Nate Robinson was going to destroy him. Maybe the street Night fight who too. knows, but boxing wise, boy was that embarrassing for him, yeah. huh? Yeah.
0: I think everyone in the world wanted Jake Paul to lose and hey man, he <laughs> brought it. He brought he it. Did. Good for him, man. I mean,
1: but the best part of the fight is the af- the memes afterwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Someone puts,
1: yeah. So I showed you that picture where they show they had uh ready to announce the winner of the Tyson Roy Jones fight, and in yeah. the background, laying on the canvas, was Nate Robinson still yeah, knocked out. Was, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna watch it again if it comes out for sure. Yeah. Um, but hey, we I it probably should have announced we have a guest that's gonna be on our show. Yes, we um, do. Coming up real soon is uh he is he had been in, uh, been involved in expeditions and research of Bigfoot. Um, he had also uh, was someone who uh, was part of and assisted with uh, expeditions from the Bigfoot research organization. He's going to be on here shortly, actually coming up real quick, but real quick first I wanted to go ahead and give a, an announcement or give an update. Remember we were talking about that a metal monolith in South monolith. Yeah. yeah. in Southeast uh, Utah.
0: Yeah, did they figure you out who like, put that there yet?
1: Well, I don't think so. Uh, but here, give me one second here. I apologize. Um, but yeah, so uh, they, you know, I told you they didn't want to announce where it was because they didn't want a whole bunch of people starting to go out there. Yeah, but bunch of people little, found it, right? Right. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. But it looked like someone may have just put it up. So yeah, people found it. People found it by using using Google Maps. Google Earth, they found the monolith and they were able to find out when, about what time they were able to put the monolith up up there. Um, because on Google Earth in 2015, it wasn't there. But yeah. Then it shows up in 2016. So really? the monolith, yeah, so the monolith has been there for about four, four and a half, maybe five years.
0: Well, that's interesting.
1: And so you figure out it's so isolated that. You know, no one knew over all this time before those those sheep counters found it. So, yeah, people made it out there. People have taken pictures of it. If you go online and find it, you can actually get the look. I found it on Google Earth myself. Oh, and I looked cool. at it. I'm like, oh, man. I looked at the picture. But, yeah, it was confirmed that what we're looking at was the monolith as well. So I found that to be pretty interesting. So it's been there for about four and a half, five years. So, I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going to hear about this again, if it's going to cause some kind of social insanity. And now people are going to go over there. Maybe they're going to start worshipping it. Who knows? But I just thought I'd give that up. I found it to be pretty interesting. I ha- I have a feeling that it's not going to be the last time. Um, It's not going to be the last time we hear about this. Yeah. Well, so,
0: cool. We'll, we'll keep everyone posted. Up.
1: So anyway, like I said, we have a guest um, that's on the show with us. His name is Kurt. He's been involved in expeditions and research of Bigfoot. Uh, He was part of and had partnered with a Bigfoot research organization for a certain period of time to help them with their research. And he also has a testimonial on his own encounter with Bigfoot. Welcome, Kurt, to the show. How are you, Kurt? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks. Great, thank you very much for joining us. Um, obviously, for many reasons, Bigfoot always seems to be uh, a subject matter of, I guess, what? What do you? What, what would you call it, Tony? Uh, the, of I'm not sure if it's a paranormal, but uh, cryptid or um, yeah, it's cryptid. Uh, a, Something that people don't really talk about in mainstream media, but there's a lot of shows out there. There's a lot of interest. And if you're, if there are a lot of people like me want to know and want to see, want to see one, right. They want to see evidence. They want to see a Bigfoot and, uh, they just want to be part of it, you know? And of course they're like, Oh, Bigfoot doesn't exist. But then you watch the show. There's always an interest. So Kurt, tell, tell us a little bit about what you do and some of your, um, involvement with big, the Bigfoot.
2: Sure. Sure. Bigfoot, uh, came into my life in about 1976. Uh, there was a town about a half an hour south of where I grew up uh, where a farmer had a uh, Bigfoot encounter, and that made the newspaper, and and that interested me. Uh, and I was about 13 years old, and and I started studying uh, Bigfoot encounters in the school library, and, and I read up on many, many stories. And of course, the Patterson-Gimlin film was was, uh, one of the best examples of evidence, uh, of Bigfoot. So yeah, since then it's been a part-time hobby of mine and, uh, uh, have always listened to, uh, podcasts and YouTube, uh, videos and stuff of people's encounters. And I just collected a mental database of, uh, many of those stories in my mind, um, And in 2009, I had the opportunity to get involved with the Bigfoot field research organization and go on an expedition in north central Wisconsin. And that's where we had, we, I say we, my son at that time was fresh out of basic training for the military. He was 18 and, uh, him and I decided to go as a little team. And, uh, uh, you know, I had told him stories his whole life and he's like, dad, why do you tell me these stories? Bigfoot's just a mythical creature. (laughs) <laughs> and, and when I tell the story, uh, uh, you'll, you'll see why he has changed his mind.
1: Yeah. We're definitely going to want to ask you here in a little bit to kind of go over that story is, you know, and, and tell, and tell us that story. Um, first real quick, you've mentioned it, uh, even when we spoke before the show about the Patterson Gimlin film, can you yeah. explain to our audience? So exactly. I'm sure once you start describing it, people are going to know right away what you're talking about, but can you tell us what that is?
2: Sure. Back in 1967, a couple guys, uh, Roger uh, Patterson and Bob Gimlin, were—I think this was Northern California, um, West Coast anyway—and they were they were on horseback, and what they were trying to do is is come across a Bigfoot, film it, and and so on. And uh, uh, they were riding along, and and uh, all of a sudden, the one of the guys' horses reared up, and he kind of fell off his horse after he had saw this big, black, hairy creature uh, walking away from him. And he, he grabbed his uh, video camera, 8 millimeter video camera. I forget what the technology was back in the 60s, but he saw this big, black, hairy creature walking uh, in a direction away from them, and uh, a couple times he had chased closer to it and... And reposition himself for more video. And and you can Google the Roger Patterson or uh, Patterson Gimlin film. And it's it's a pretty shaky film. And then you can notice that he's running and then he resets up and, and more shaking. But um, someone had since then taken and uh, did a computer adjustment of each of the individual individual frames of that couple minute video and it's it's much more of a fluid easier to watch video so i encourage everybody to do that
1: so isn't i know the show that's like the profile the side view of the um big for now do people also call this sasquatch by the way or is sasquatch a completely different uh primate
2: yeah, there's literally hundreds of different names for Sasquatch, okay? it's It falls into the cryptid category, but if you talk to different areas of the United States or different uh, areas of the world, um, even some of the Native Americans have different names for it. Sasquatch is just one of many. Bigfoot is a term that was uh, created back in the Forties or fifties, I believe, uh, some logging camp was visited by something with really large uh, feet that they they found in mud and such. But you know, in Florida, it's it's called skunk ape. Um, you know, in the Himalayas, it's called a yeti. So, my opinion is it's it's just cousins of each other uh, and just different names for the same creature, essentially. Okay,
1: and um, so this this video isn't it's been i know it's been subject to a lot of authentication and and to be debunked um has anybody has anybody been able to really confirm that they actually what is the best evidence whether it's from this film or anything else that would suggest that bigfoot is real
2: yeah i guess i would say this is probably Uh, the best evidence available for the existence of Bigfoot Um, and with any picture or video you're going to have people that say it's real and other people that say it's fake. Um, A couple things that stick out into my mind when I first see someone's video is, is this Bigfoot uh, immediately walking away from the camera or is it just kind of walking in a circle around, yet staying in view of the camera? And to me, that difference is is uh, what tells me of whether it's whether it's fake or not fake. And again, it's all think, up to interpretation of the viewer.
1: Do you think it's fake, or do you think that's real?
2: So, if the video, if the Bigfoot directly walks away. Um, in my opinion, it doesn't want to be videoed, whereas if something is walking in parallel to your view, left to right, or vice versa, um, that's more suspect to me as being potentially fake.
1: Okay, so you think this was actually fake, then?
2: No, I, I think it was real, because it's it's not walking left to right, it's walking uh, away more than left to right. Um, do
1: you why do you think it's so hard to get evidence of a, a Bigfoot? Do you think, or is it, Do you think they may possess some sort of power, or, or do you think they're more intelligent than human beings? Do you? What? What do? You, why do you think we haven't been able to find any kind of concrete evidence? Well, or is there concrete evidence that we just aren't
2: yeah, able to see? there's numerous videos and pictures, and, and those videos and pictures uh, could be daytime or nighttime. They can be thermal or night vision. Um, and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's whether the person viewing it interprets it as, as real or as fake. Um, but the Patterson Gimlin film, the, the Bigfoot is walking diagonally away. They, they are extremely smart creatures most of them tend to be curious in my, in my uh, experience. And, uh, you know, they, they have one goal in life or two goals in life, eat and be safe. You know, they don't want to be by people for whatever reason they have uh, grown over the many, many millennia um, to avoid contact with people is what it feels like to me. So again, to
1: to go back, I know I was a two part question. So I kind of Um, suffocated part of my question about why do you think it's been so hard to get evidence? Well, Well, what, what, what kind of, what, what kind of habitat do they live in? I mean, I've here, Is there a certain part of different parts of the country and the world they'd like to live in and why are they able to stay hidden from people? So especially in today's age, age with cell phones and, and having satellite we can, we can like look at the cereal nut or see the, the date on a dime laying on a sidewalk from outer space. Like why do you, why is it you think that it's so difficult to get to see a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot?
2: Most encounters with a Bigfoot are five to 10 or 12 seconds. And um, I have literally had a mama bear and two bear cubs walk across my path And do you think I could have gotten my camera out and gotten a video of it or at least a picture of any one of the three? I couldn't. (laughs) It just encounters happen so quick. And, and, you know, there's the first couple second delay of, oh, my gosh, this is cool. Get the camera. So uh, I have literally quit carrying a camera because there's no way I'm quick enough to to pick up anything. I have thought of getting one of those, uh, cameras you can mount on your chest or your hat that's videoing, uh, round the clock, but yet most encounters are after dark, you know, so, hmm. uh, they seem to, they seem to wander around more at night because they, I believe they feel more comfortable that they're somewhat undercover in darkness. And, and they don't want to be videoed. And, and we, we have suspicions that um, they can hear um, the uh, electronic whine of, of uh, game cameras. And I have an opinion that they might be able to see the infrared beam that clicks the shutter on a camera. So uh, maybe they can see the uh, uh, LED light uh, shining too. Who knows, you know. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Now, and I know that, you know, like you mentioned that you, you, you don't, you don't speak, um, on behalf of, uh, the BFRO or the Bigfoot research organization, but you did work with them. Um, and we've seen that whether it's them or some other shows you see on TV or other organizations, it, it, it always seems like most of them are just their, their motive is simply to prove that there is a Bigfoot that yeah, if you know that that they just sort of like that's the the motive there's nothing else it seems like when you see it you know it says you know to prove the existence of bigfoot uh, and my my thing is if they already know that bigfoot's existing is there another motive that that these organizations have i mean or are they simply just looking for evidence and is this really for them to seek evidence for people to believe them or do you think it's really with them trying to seek the evidence for themselves, because they're not even sure.
2: Well, they they have their own TV show, and um, I used to watch the TV show. Um, it was very interesting, um, but it seemed like uh, some of the evidence that we have run across on our expeditions out in the field isn't always necessarily shown on the television. Um, it seems like they're, you know, they're. It's a, a revenue stream for them on the TV show. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some people are wanting to prove to others that exists. Some people want to just continue having encounters themselves. Um, There's a number of different reasons why people do what they do. Me, I just like the excitement of, of possibly running across one in the woods. Uh, I don't care whether somebody believes me or not. I just, I'm just excited about the stories and the encounters. Right. So. And, and
1: and that and I appreciate you you know like for me that'd be the same thing. I'm I the excitement of maybe seeing one, but in the big picture, I mean, if if these creatures are doing like you like you mentioned, you know, if you see a bear, you can't pull your camera out and take a picture of a bear. However, there's probably billions of pictures out there you can find of a bear. Sure. Where there isn't a single picture that I've been able to find, whereas conclusively or actually something where it is concrete, a picture of a Bigfoot. Right. Right. Do you think that we should just leave the creatures alone? If they're doing this much work in today's age of technology to be not seen, do you think it would be the humane thing to just let them be? Or is there a threat they might pose where we should continue researching them and bothering this this creature who obviously doesn't want to be known by humans
2: yeah well we as people have uh human curiosity of the world you know it's it's similar to bird watching or whale watching we're interested in um, what they look like how they react what they do in nature and and that type of thing so uh, as far as leaving creatures alone you know it's not there are obviously some people that believe that and some people that think we should Mm -hmm. uh, just let them be, but you know, scientists and, and people, that's, that's how we learn. We discover things by watching and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, videoing and stuff. So uh, it's, it's a learning experience. Right.
1: And what is the history? I mean, I, you know, this is something people could probably research, but being how close you are to with the research and study of the Bigfoot um, is when was there, what, was the 1967 film Patterson Gremlin film, the first known kind of Bigfoot encounter or was this ever uh, a creature that people had an interest in finding before that film?
2: It was probably the first video evidence of uh, a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Um, There have been many stories over the years of, uh, stories that were relate to newspapers or whoever, you know, by firsthand recollection of their encounters. You know, you go back to the early 1900s, I think there was a gentleman by the name of Albert Ostman, and he was out west of British Columbia, I believe, and he was vacationing in the woods, and he was planning on taking a 10-day vacation, and he took food and his rifle and stuff, and, uh, um, as it turned out, he, uh, he was carried away uh, by a bigfoot and held captive for I think it was three four days and then uh, finally was able to escape and I'm I'm by no means doing this story justice by condensing it into a five second blurb but uh, uh, there's websites out there that recount his story and it's it you know it's a good 15 20 minute read and it's it's very detailed and you know a lot of times too when I'm when I'm talking to someone, you know, it's it's how much detail they give and things that they've noticed or didn't notice uh, during their encounter. Um, and, you know, when I was investigating for uh, Bigfoot Field Research Organization, our uh, we had uh, uh, numerous questions that we would ask the person. And what it was is the same questions answered or asked three different times in rotation throughout the interview and what we would do is double triple check our our questions and answers and if they all seemed to match each other this person was more credible than a person that gave you two or three different answers to the same or similar question throughout the hour interview
1: so so there is a gentleman you said he, he has a story of him being cap- he was held captive by a bigfoot for 3 to 4 days right okay would you
2: like me to tell that a little bit about that Yeah, one? No, sure. Well, yeah, we sure. will
1: give the name so some maybe people can look it up and yeah, yep. tell us.
2: You can Google Albert Ostman, O S T M A N. I think it was 1924, and like I said, he was on a ten day. I think it was a ten day vacation in British Columbia. So he had a he had a person drop him off in a boat um, somewhere in British Columbia, and he 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 had uh, uh, some food rations and his rifle and he was good at hunting and trapping and stuff so he was just going to go out and have some quiet time i guess and and uh, he hiked for uh, a few days and set up numerous different camps as he was going further into the into the woods but uh, uh, he found a place and uh, he had uh, set up camp and when he came back his camp was all rummaged through and he was his first thought was they were porcupines and uh so this happened a couple different nights and and i think the third night he decided he was going to sleep with his uh with his rifle in his i guess it was a sleeping bag type thing back in the 20s but uh, uh he woke up and he is being carried off and he can uh he can hear sounds of something breathing while it's walking and he's slung over its shoulder inside his sleeping bag and he's scrunched down inside and and he can tell when he's being carried uphill because this thing is huffing and puffing considerably uh, harder during its walking versus when he's being carried downhill it's not as hard of work but he's feeling his feet are sometimes skipping off the ground as they're going downhill and he doesn't recall how far he was carried but uh, the 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 picture, the mental picture that I got was he was carried for a, a good hour or more. Um, he was finally set down in an area and, uh, it was still dark outside and he kind of rolled out of his backpack and stretching his legs that had gone numb. And, and, uh, finally daylight is starting to light up this tiny little valley there in and he notices four Sasquatch, um, two adults, two juvenile and, uh, uh, and he, they're just sitting there watching him. You know, they've got, they kept their distance. And and uh, over the next three or four days, um, the adults would take turns leaving and going and picking berries and nuts and bringing back food for each other and stuff. And and a couple times he had tried to walk out of this valley and they blocked his way. And so he, he felt that he wasn't going to be allowed to leave. He did have his rifle. He didn't feel like he was in danger. Um, but you know, at any time he could have taken some shots, but, uh, um, over the next few days, um, the, the smaller Bigfoots got a little bit curious and they started getting closer to him and he, he had set up a little fire and, and, uh, there was a tiny little crick or stream and, the back of the valley near where he was and he got some water and he was boiling some water for some coffee and stuff and he had some chewing tobacco and whatever and and uh, had some cans of beans or i forget what kind of food he had but um he had made lunch for himself and he he made a little uh uh, uh water ladle with the empty bean can and he's pouring stuff while the male, the small male Bigfoot had gotten curious and decided, you oh, know, this is a pretty cool thing. He wanted it. So he gave it to him. And and apparently uh, uh, that Bigfoot made gestures essentially to say, hey, my sister wants one of these too. Can you make another one? And then uh, the uh, he had some chewy tobacco and um, he finished off a, a can and, and uh, he gave the empty can to the boy Bigfoot. And he took it over to his dad and his dad was licking it and was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing. Um, So he just just was kind of watching them. And like I said, the adults kept taking turns leaving and stuff. And and one of the things he noticed was when a Bigfoot is sitting there with its legs crossed, sitting on the ground, it can literally pop straight up without leaning over and using its hands or arms to lift itself up. It just... Pop straight up. And uh, um, he thought that was pretty interesting. But after a few days, he was like, All right, I can't stay here very long because I'm running out of food. And uh, the guy that dropped him off uh, told him he was going to be back in 10 days. And so um, he he decided he was going to make an escape. And what he did was he gave a full can of his uh, chewing tobacco to the boy Bigfoot and he gave it to his father. And uh, the father ended up eating all the Bigfoot, or all, I'm sorry, all the chewing tobacco. And after a couple minutes, it started, it got on all fours and started hacking and choking and and uh, trying to throw up or something. And that's when the guy decided to make his escape. You know, he had all, had all of his stuff packed and ready to go, and he took off, and the the Female uh, Bigfoot gave chase for a little ways and he turned and he shot in the air and, and that stopped f- uh, them from chasing him. And he sprinted for as long as he could sprint. It sounded like hours. And he came to a spot where he had to take a rest and he was watching to see if anything came chasing up on him, which it didn't. But um, over the next day or two, um, he finally made his way back to the guy who was supposed to pick him up. But uh, uh, a much more detailed, better uh, encounter of, of that is on the Internet. And it's it's written in his own in his own words. So, OK. Well, with I that said, the, thanks
1: for sharing. Yeah. So his name yeah. is Albert Ostman, in case anyone from our audience wants to look that up uh, from a, uh, a, 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 an encounter that he says he had back in 1924. Now, tell us a, about your encounter.
2: Yeah. So. uh, uh I had relayed uh, stories to my boy his whole life, and he was starting to be little and up until well, I still do. But, uh, Dad, why do you tell me these stories? Bigfoot is just a mythical creature. <clears throat> and uh, so in 2009, I had uh, I got connected with uh, Bigfoot Field Research Organization, and um, most websites are regarding Bigfoot and Sasquatch have like a map of North America and you can click on a state or a province, and, and uh, uh, then you can click down into a, a county and you can see what stories have been collected over the years and uh, put on that website. And like I said, 94% or 95% of the stories are a uh, five or 10 second. Oh my gosh, I saw this big hairy thing come across the road at midnight and it took three steps and it was from one ditch to the other and it was gone. And, uh, so my boy and I were invited to go on this expedition. It was in north central Wisconsin and there's a town called Phillips and Lugerville. And, uh, we, we, uh, had been, or had, there was members of the group. That had been monitoring what they had said was a family of four uh, in that area, and one of our members lived there, and he had numerous encounters himself, and confirmed and said that there was four there, and he had even uh, he had even had one in his uh, shotgun sights during deer hunting season, and uh, you know he kind of rationalized, well, what should I do here, because he says he's got a deer hunting. Uh, license. And if he shoots this thing, which is obviously not a deer, you know, could he be poaching a bear? Could it be some guy in a monkey suit running around Wisconsin during deer hunting season? You know, it could be murder. Uh, he had lot of, lots of different rationalization of what he should do. But his, his last thought was, all right, I'm not going to shoot this thing because I believe it's a Bigfoot. And I know there's three other that live in this area. And he was more worried about himself being hunted down by the three remaining, if he did kill this one, and that story seems to be a relatively common theme with hunters who uh, experience one. You know. Well, real
1: quick before you yeah. go on, what 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 made him think that there was three others?
2: He he had had uh, numerous encounters over the years. I don't know how many years he lived in the area, but he was around fifty years old himself. And uh, he had had uh, uh, footprints. Uh, He was actually chased by one. Uh, He was one of these guys that would uh, go hiking through the woods at midnight or 1 a.m. by himself. And uh, when you hear something crashing through the woods coming in your direction, uh, you tend to run. (laughs) (laughs) And he climbed up a tree. I don't remember how high he said he was, but there was something at the base of the tree huffing and puffing and snapping off branches and stuff. And he stayed there until morning light. And then he was still wondering, gosh, is this thing gone or is it uh, hiding just out of view? But, uh, you know, most of them are not aggressive towards people um you will know in a hurry if they don't want you in an area that you're in um you know they'll they'll yell or scream or roar or throw sticks or stones uh take sticks or branches and hit other trees with them and stuff you know so um they have a way of 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 telling you that hey they don't want you here so he had this this uh, this thing in his scope.
1: You were with him, obviously. This is this is what you experienced with him, correct?
2: Yeah. So there was there was about thirty of us on this expedition, and we have a few rules that we have to follow. Everybody has to stay stay on the same radio frequency. You have to be uh, within radio contact of at least one other group, and you have to have a minimum of two people. In your group, um, reason being is if you see or hear something, you can confirm it with the other person, kind of like a witness. And uh, uh, we spent that whole four-day weekend uh, stomping through the woods of North Central Wisconsin. We were exploring, you know, it's part of the part of the fun. You get to explore new areas and stuff. And there's swamps and forests and ponds and rivers and creeks and you know the usual stuff. And and you start. Going around, and you're looking for evidence of things that um, aren't natural gravity or storm uh, explained uh, things like uh, stick structures tend to be something that you notice. And these stick structures are usually two, four, six, maybe eight sticks kind of crisscrossing each other in a position that uh, can't be explained by a storm or gravity causing them and uh, we've got numerous stories of stick structure sightings, and some of them tend to be an X crossing a trail, and I don't know if it's X marks the spot as far as go this way, or X marks the spot of don't go this way, and you know, whether it's a message to people or other Sasquatch, don't know, but yeah, they, they, they don't do a lot of other things, you know, they're creatures of the woods and all they know is what they see. Um, we've got uh, evidence of them interpreting sounds of other things they hear. Like uh, we have whistling um, in my story. It uh, involves the sound of an owl. Um, so yeah, there's, there's numerous ways that they communicate and there's many, now did you many. Get to... Go ahead.
1: Go on, go on. I was there's... just going to say he had yeah. it in his scope. Did you, did you see this Bigfoot as well? You said,
2: you know, there was four in the area. I don't know which one I saw. I believe the one I saw was a juvenile. I don't know whether it was a male or a female. The one he said he saw was definitely an adult male. Um, So, and I don't know, I don't remember what But you did see it. You
1: did see a Bigfoot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You did see. Yep. Well, to describe what
1: this, this, this Bigfoot looked like.
2: So I saw it through a thermal camera and a thermal camera senses heat. And so you can look, you know, if you're in the woods and you take this thermal camera, you put it up to your eye and you just scan left and right. You know, you can see outlines of trees and stuff and everything's kind of a kind of a vague gray looking color. But if there's something that's giving off more heat than the ambient temperature of the forest, it glows in a bright white. And when you see, uh, you know, we had experimented with the camera. So if you could imagine a, a guy standing in front of you uh, with a pair of shorts and short sleeve shirts, you can see that his arms are a brighter white than uh, his chest, which is covered by a layer of clothes. Same regarding, like, say, my face. I wear glasses. My face is a bright white, but yet my glasses are causing the heat to not be detectable so it's my my eyes look like they're a darker gray and it looks kind of spooky but uh yeah it senses heat and what i saw was a glowing blob of white at the base of a tree and i'm gonna say it was probably 150 yards away and it was just extremely easy to detect, detect that there was something there so just while waiting and looking at it um you know i thought all right Big rocks tend to hold heat later in the day, so uh, we have seen numerous rocks uh, glowing for a while after dark, Um, but then this thing stood up, and it was directly behind a tree, and I would say this tree, um, your typical size tree, it was probably a couple feet across, Um, but this white, uh, bright white uh, figure was considerably wider than the tree, and It was rocking back and forth out from behind this tree. And and I kind of compare it to like kids when they play peekaboo with their parents. Um, You know, they they cover their eyes. And if if their eyes are covered and they can't see you, they they think that you must not be able to see them. And that's what it reminds me of when when a Bigfoot uh, is seen and it rocks back and forth out from behind a tree. And numerous, numerous uh, stories of those, that similar encounter of rocking behind a tree.
1: So you, did you, you didn't get a clear picture to really differentiate it being different than a human, another human or being a bear uh, or so another was, kind of animal?
2: It, it looked humanoid. It was definitely not a bear. You know, bears, if they stand up, their legs are, I don't know, a couple feet long. Uh, Bigfoot legs are considerably longer, you know, they're four feet. I don't know, I've never measured one personally, but uh, it looked just like a human, except it was uh, many hundreds of pounds uh, larger. Um, The one my boy had saw, we had measured seven and a half, possibly eight feet tall, and about four uh, four feet plus at the shoulders. Wow.
1: Now, as far as when we were talking, you were also mentioning um, that you've been on expeditions also for something called Dogman.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, during my uh, researching of stories, and I'm not collecting data on any papers or binders or anything, I'm just collecting data uh, in my mind. Um, but, you know, during, during our Bigfoot expeditions and such, I had run across this dog man story. Uh, the first one I had heard about was somewhere between Madison and Milwaukee. Um, there's you know, a lot of farming community and stuff there. And uh, a guy was contracted by the county to pick up roadkill. And he was out one night and he would, picked up a deer. And it was in the back of his pickup. And he was sitting in the cab of his truck with his dome light on, and he was filling out his paperwork. And then he heard a clunk, and the truck kind of rocked a little bit, and he thought, well, what is that? So he looks in his rearview mirror, and he sees this upper torso of something big and hairy. And it, when he turned around to look at it, he had his bed cab light was on too, so he had a good view. And he said it was essentially the size of what he had pictured of a Bigfoot, except it had a dog's head, a long, long uh, pointy snout with really tall pointy ears. And this, this creature had picked up this deer out of the bed of the truck and took off with it into the woods. And then this guy left. <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: I mean, was he able uh, to see that this thing had hands like
2: a human or he, he didn't go into explaining the hands or the feet or anything other than, you know, this was a six or eight second encounter at the most. And, uh, he literally saw a massive, uh, hairy body with a dog's head and dog's ears carry off the deer and it was gone. Like and, upright, uh, like walk upright. Away with yep. it. Walking on two legs only. And I was on an expedition earlier this spring up in a place called Black Duck, Minnesota. It's four hours north of the Twin Cities. And a gentleman up there is having uh, having numerous uh, uh, contacts with with a Sasquatch. And him and his granddaughter were out hiking one day, and and uh, his granddaughter was nine or ten, I think he had said. And they were hiking along, and the granddaughter says, "Look, Grandpa, a giant," and the the guy had peeked down and saw this Sasquatch, is what he described it as. And, and it was, he says, it was somewhere in the ballpark of 10 feet tall because it was it was next to a uh, uh, an electrical pole, a uh, wooden electrical pole. And he saw a spot in the pole that he took a mental picture of and then went down and measured it later. And, uh, yeah, he's had numerous encounters. Uh, he has what's called a gifting location he leaves uh gifts for uh things in the woods and uh you know different colorful things you know stuffed animals or uh you know pick something that's colorful that would attract attention that something might be interested in but he's also leaving uh plastic jars of peanut butter and uh he he has left to date i think 70 or 80 different jars of peanut butter and um the peanut butter cover is unscrewed and left on the ground, and the jar of peanut butter is gone. Once in a blue moon, an empty jar shows back up. Um, and uh, every once in a while, a, a plastic jar is chewed to pieces, which he believes is a bear or something. But uh, what's interesting, uh, the covers of these peanut butter, are they come in different colors and these covers are laid upside down on the ground and they're sort of in a straight line Um, but they're color coordinated so whatever is removing the cover and laying them on the ground is sorting them by color so they must see in color and then he's got another area where he's got some dice that he sets up on a on a tabletop of some sort and uh, um, those dice tend to move uh in a few hours and, uh, overnight and stuff. And yeah, so it's, uh, and, and what's moving the dice. It could be anything, right. Um, possibly wind, not, not likely, but, you know, I don't know why a bear or anything would come and and play with some dice, but, uh, yeah, some interesting interactions there. And back to the subject of Dogman, He has a gentleman that, or a friend of his that lives, I forget what he said, three miles away as a crow flies or something. And uh, this guy was walking through the woods. He was just hiking one afternoon and uh, he said he was smoking a cigarette and he had some bear spray in his pocket and he was hiking along and all of a sudden he came face to face with this dog man looking creature. And it was exactly what I described with this other guy in uh, Milwaukee, Madison area. And uh, he was like, what the heck is this? Um, good grief, is it going to kill me? Is it going to eat me? Uh, what's it going to do? And he finally he's like, all right, I'm not going to stick around and find out. But what he did is he put his cigarette light or cigarette up to the bear spray and created a little bit of a, a fire storm of some sort. And this, this creature, I don't remember if he said it yelled or roared or exactly what it did, but it took off running the other way. And uh, he had, uh, he, since then, he has had numerous different sightings of a family of three, two adults and a juvenile. And he says he will routinely see it, see one or more of them peeking in his bay window of his house while he's watching TV, and this is probably the only story that I'm aware of of the uh, creatures living harmoniously with with the people that live in the area. All the other stories I've had uh, were were the, the uh, dog men were fairly aggressive um, to people, to downright. All right, it's killed livestock just for the sake of killing.
1: Now I, the Dogman thing has been kind of new to me. I think it hasn't been more than a couple of years when I first heard about these, what's the history of the Dogman that you know of, I've heard the part of it being a conspiracy that the, the government were trying to create a super soldier and decided to create some kind of hybrid species, you know, yeah. things that didn't really equate to being realistic in the way I heard the story, but. What do you know of, of what the existence of this dog, man, how long people have been looking for this? Or if this is a recent,
2: a recent thing? Um, You know, history goes back to werewolves. And to me, um, so many different cultures have their own uh, creatures. You know, like uh, Irish have the, I uh, don't oh know, I lost the name, the little green a leprechaun, you know, and each culture has something that they're describing. And, you know, if you go back to Greek mythology, you've got uh, Zeus and Harry. Is this something that a bunch of guys dreamt up around a, a fire one night while they were drinking from their lambskin, or whatever, or is it based on some fact? Don't know. It's just a, It's just a question of mine. Um, so the the uh, dog man, uh, whether it was created by the government, there's there's always this conspiracy of all right, the government did this and they're aware of it and that type of thing. Yeah, I I do believe the government is aware of many things. Did the dog did the government create the dog man as a soldier? Did it create Bigfoot? I kind of doubt it. Um, but uh, I recently, and when I say recently, I'm in the last 15 or 20 years is when I became aware of Dog Man. And you know, there, is a, there is a movie out there called, I think it's called Dog Soldiers. And the premise behind that was the government was creating a, an elite fighting force and, and whatever. So and it's your typical Hollywood scary movie. It's pretty cool to watch. But I, I don't, I, I'm not one of those that believes the government has created... Uh, any of these cryptids Um, but you know i do have the opinion that they do exist i think they have existed for many 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 years and uh yeah so is it possible
1: uh, is it possible that the dog man is is a werewolf
2: yeah i i believe that's where the story of the werewolves came from i i don't believe that uh a a person changes back and forth into a werewolf based on a full moon. Mm
1: -hmm. So, but you've seen enough stories or evidence or anything. What, what do you think the best evidence is of there being a dog man that's currently out there? Uh,
2: I have not seen any actual videos or any actual audio recordings of a suspected dog man, but there are many, many, many stories of people's firsthand encounters um with with the creature. And Are you more and, are you more skeptical about the dogman or do you believe
1: that dog, there yeah, are dogmen out there? I
2: I believe there are dogmen. I'm I'm fully convinced just like I am with the Bigfoot.
1: Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like there's been a lot of encounters especially with the Bigfoot. I mean, if you were to have seen one, I, that would be all there is for sure. me to believe it. I mean, I just think it's very interesting of how a lot of these uh creatures can be in hiding but i think sometimes you know humans can maybe think pretty highly of themselves and think that you know they can't be tricked and they must not exist because we can't see it right so, right um i think there's always a lot i think there's so much more for everyone to learn even just about our own planet people want to see beyond the stuff beyond our own atmosphere that there's so much out there when we already know for a fact that there's Things in our oceans that we, we we couldn't even wrap our head around, you know, and even that walk amongst us terrestrial and, uh, you know, here on on the earth and sharing the same land as we do.
2: We had uh, we had went on an expedition near Moose Lake, Minnesota, northwest of Moose Lake, 45 minutes or half an hour. And uh, our experience with Sasquatch is they they don't live in the cities. They don't live near cities. They want to be left alone, and they're in places that people don't go. So they're not typically in a in a uh, state park, um, state forests or uh, reserves where their wildlife is just left alone. You know, they tend to be in areas where people aren't. Swamps. Minnesota's full of swamps. So we've we we head out to the swamps, and that's where we have our best encounters. But up by Moose Lake, we were, we were aware of a family of five. There was three adults and two juveniles. Um, we're not sure whether the uh, second adult male was a roving bachelor or whether he was a grown up of the family or, or what, but um, the first time we had heard of it, there was a family up there that did some logging um, near, this, uh, near this swamp. And him and his three kids were driving around one evening and just kind of exploring the logging trails and stuff. And, and, uh, they came across a very large, uh, Bigfoot. And, uh, he had guesstimated about 12 feet tall. He said he saw glowing eyes and, uh, uh, they had not been in the woods after that, you know, they had contacted our group and, uh, We went out and explored. We had so many encounters during our numerous expeditions to that area that it was just amazing. Um, I had, uh, I've got a suburban and I drove, I would just as soon drive down the trails and explore as opposed to hiking and and getting all hot and sweaty, but I'm kind of lazy that way. But I had Mm -hmm. driven down this one logging trail and I don't know how long it is, whether it's a mile or two miles, but... Um, I kept following it, and and eventually I came to a swamp, so I couldn't go any further. So I did a like a 35-point Y turn to get my Suburban turned around, and I kind of backed a little bit into the mud and was spinning a little bit and just goofing around with my four-wheel drive. Well, I drove all the way back um, to base camp, and, and people are sitting there and chit-chatting and stuff, and eventually a group of three or four came in, and they were asking about who had placed a a tree across such and such trail and location. Well, I had figured out that it was the trail that I had driven down earlier in the day, and there was no log there when I went by. So now we went back to this location, and here's this big old log laying perpendicular across the trail, and it took five of us to be able to lift this thing, and there was no... There was no uh, evidence anywhere nearby that showed where this log came from. Um, there was no there was no uh, tree stump right next to the trail where it would have been something that we could have uh, scoffed off as yeah okay it tipped over coincidentally, but uh, it was it was placed there, and uh, so we left it. Don't you know we assume that it didn't want us going past, or at least. it must not have liked my suburban. I don't know. <laughs> right. But we had numerous encounters uh, at that location. We had uh, three guys uh, camping in one spot. And, you know, we, we tend to have our tents set up and some of us will bring little uh, fold-up tables and we'll have snacks sitting out and coolers and stuff. And and this one group of three guys, you know, you hike during the day, you come back, sit and relax for a while, and you hike during the night and come back and tuck in bed and, and hope something comes sneaking in the camp. But um, they had some sort of, uh, I don't know, I kept saying it's a nut goodie bar, but they told me that that's not what it was. I, some sort of chocolate covered peanut that wasn't an M&M, but... Anyway, they had been snacking on those all day. So the three of them are sitting around their campfire. I think they said it was was well after midnight. And they're sitting there with their arms crossed and their legs extended out towards the fire. And and the one guy is is sitting there listening to the others. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of his eye, something come out of the darkness, up and over the fire, dropped into his chest and laid in his crossed arms. And here it was, a chocolate-covered peanut of some sort. And... Mm -hmm. His two buddies did not throw it. That's all he knew for sure. And uh, so they kept hearing uh, things around the tent. And uh, eventually they decided they were going to climb into the tent, and they listened to what was going on. And there was something being dropped on the tent, uh, a little something tiny, and it would slide down the tent and then drop in the grass next to him. And uh, after an hour or so, it stopped. But the next morning, they got up, and here's a pile of some sort of berry. I forget what kind of berry they said it was, but it grows on bushes that are never higher than three or four feet tall. And, uh, you know, so something was dropping berries on their tent. And uh, um, another location, we were up west of Two Harbors, Minnesota, near Duluth, and... uh, every once in a while we invite somebody from the public, um, who expresses interest on our website. And we had a couple people there, uh, one gentleman by himself and another guy and his son. And this guy was in his forties. His son was in his twenties. Anyway, uh, uh, we did our exploring and, uh, uh, we, we had, uh, had seen what we thought was maybe evidence, but we weren't completely convinced. And, uh, anyway, the, uh, Uh, one night I'm in my tent and I'm laying there and I hear something walk by my tent. And when I say walk, you know, it sounds like a person except someone that's considerably heavier. And I'm laying there and I thought, "Talk on it. We're supposed to announce via radio if we are moving from one location to another so that if somebody hears or sees shadows, uh, they can rule out us, you know. Anyway, this walk, something walked by, and I thought, all right, that was annoying. So I went back to sleep. I got up the next morning, and this uh, this one guy who had set up camp the night before, I looked over, and there was an eight-foot square matted-down area of grass, and he was gone. And I had asked one of the guys, I said, well, where did he go? And he says he had enough. He had an encounter in the middle of the night. And he said that he was laying in his tent and something rubbed its finger up and down all four sides of his tent and then stomped on the ground and kind of made a huffing, gruffing sound and then stomped off in my direction. And all he remembered it was it was in the wee hours of the night when that occurred. So I thought, okay, yeah, it's possible um, that the Bigfoot was you know goofing around with him and then stomped in my direction. But the other two guys, the gentleman and his father, um, the night previous they were sitting around the campfire by themselves while the rest of us went <clears throat> hiking and um they were just sitting there doing nothing, didn't see anything. And uh, uh, the next morning they're sitting there talking between themselves and they're they're talking. I'm trying to listen to what they're talking about. There's 20 some of us sitting around the campfire at that point, but. Um, he says that over there they could have swore there was a tree over in this one location and all that was there was a tree stump. So one of our trackers decided to walk over to that tree stump and he had said something walked up to this tree stump and sat on this tree stump with feet on each side of the stump because there was matted down grass there. And it was just like, well, that was pretty interesting. You know, so what is that proof of something walked through the woods, sat there and left, could have been a person, you know? So we, that was the only evidence we had, you know, and when, when we see a big footprint, well, nobody has a size 17 or 18 foot walking barefoot through the swamp where we are by coincidence, you know, we're, we're so deep in that, you know, we, we drive for hours to get to a location and, uh, <clears throat> we have county roads and then those roads turn off to a gravel road. And a lot of times they turn off to a dirt road. And then you hike another four, 45 minutes from there to get to a location, you know, other locations, we just drive up and that's where we park and camp. But, um, so we typically rule out, uh, people just coincidentally walking through the area that we're in and, okay. uh, and I didn't know if you wanted me to go into details about my uh, encounter in Wisconsin because I literally left out 99% of the story.
1: Oh really? Well, I mean, yeah. right now we're at about, we we've gone pretty long. Maybe we could, I don't know, Tony, what do you think? I know we're, we've been going pretty deep into this. We're already at about an hour and 50 minutes total um, since the beginning. Uh, what, what's time looking like? Um,
0: <clears throat> um. You can tell the story real quick.
2: Okay. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, so we were in Wisconsin. We were told that there was a family of four living there, and there was 30 of us that went along. Um, on the first night, we everybody set up their tents and stuff and got situated, and uh, we did hiking after, after dark. And uh, typically when we hike, we don't have flashlights that we turn on. If we do have a flashlight, it's got a red lens. But... Uh, uh, so we hiked along, and nothing exciting. We were making whooping calls, we were hitting sticks on trees, we were making a ruckus, and uh, didn't have any uh, any noises that we heard coyotes and whippoorwills, the usual things. And and a couple guys, when they got back to base camp about two o'clock, both said they saw a pair of glowing red eyes in the woods, and they were pretty excited. We were pretty excited because you know that's. Uh, typically uh, something that somebody sees. Um, and it's not a reflection uh, of the moonlight or of flashlights. It's it's a uh, shine that emanates from the creature. And uh, so the second night uh, uh, we were out and, and I had put my boy in a location near a swamp and I was the only one that knew where he was. And uh, so he was going to lay there all night propped up underneath a pine tree. And I was in a at the edge of an open field uh, with my truck and uh, a thermal camera mounted on the roof that looks like R2-D2. And there was a gal from uh, the Air Force that she was in the truck with a joystick and a TV monitor. And she's looking around every which direction with it. And uh, what, we weren't seeing much of anything. I had a little tiny fire going. And I had put up a, a glow stick and a half-eaten apple on a tree stump about couple hundred yards uh, south of our location. I asked her if she could see the trees or see the glow stick, and she couldn't. Um, I don't know if glow sticks don't give off much heat, if any, but I said, you know, I'm going to hike down there. I'm going to point it out to you because I can almost see it from here, and uh, so I walked down there. I didn't take a light. I didn't take my radio. I just walked down, and about halfway there, every hair on my body stood up, And it was like, oh my gosh, what is that feeling? And everything in my body told me there was something to the right of me in the woods. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't smell anything. It was just every hair in my body and every uh, part of me said there's something there. And so I started whistling and it was just you know, and I just, my, my theory was, all right, I'm whistling. I'm, I'm not being quiet. I'm not being stealthy. I'm not hunting. So if there is something there, it doesn't need to be afraid of me. So I continued a little farther, pointed out this glow stick and I turned around and I'm hiking back while I'm whistling. And, uh, you know, now everything in my body said there's something to my left. And, uh, uh, so about halfway back to the truck, uh, it was like a light switch it turned off the queasy feeling in my stomach went away and there was no more feeling of something being there and so on. And when I got back to the truck, I, I told this guy is that was the most uncomfortable walk I've ever had in my life. You know, I grew up in Southwestern Wisconsin and I, although I didn't live on a farm, my grandparents lived on farms, we still lived in the country. So we did lots of hiking through the woods. We hiked during the night, just exploring, you know, and stuff. And, and, uh, so shortly after that, um, my, my boy was in a general vicinity of where I had that feeling. He was probably another quarter mile uh, west. And uh, I was routinely checking in with him. You know, he's my little buddy. He was 18. And I'd check in with him every 15, 20 minutes, you know, saying, hey, how you doing? He'd oh, come back fine. No problems. And, and after I would gotten back to my truck, I checked in with him and he says, yeah, he's fine. And then uh, it couldn't have been a few minutes. You know, I don't know if it was 10 minutes or 20 minutes, but I hear him come on the radio and he's pretty excited. He says, I got eyeshine, I got shine." And, you know, my boy, he is probably the most laid back kid you'd ever want to know. He doesn't get excited about anything. And when I heard him come on the radio saying he's got shine, I'm like, oh boy, he's seeing something and he's a little bit wound up about it. And after, oh, my gosh, 15 seconds, maybe, he comes on the radio again and he yells, F this, I'm out of here. And he didn't use F, he used the actual word. He never swears, or at least I never heard him swear. So now I'm like, oh, boy, my boy is freaked out. So I went sprinting down this logging trail and, uh, uh, you know, running through the dark and he comes stomping up out of this coming up a little bit of a hill away from the swamp and he he says dad dad that is effed up this thing was effing massive there's nothing like that that should be living in these woods and he was freaked out and uh, so as as we described it later um Uh, The next day we had kind of said, all right, nobody go in there now. It's dark. We want to preserve any evidence that's there. And uh, what had happened? He was just propped up on his left elbow and he's just looking through the woods uh, across a small, very small, swampy area. And he says he saw two red glowing eyes that just uh, faded in out of nowhere and uh, it's right next to a tree, and then the, the red eyes slowly slowly faded out, and then they faded in as uh, uh, amber-colored glowing eyes, and then those faded out and faded in as white glowing eyes. And uh, he said uh, that's when he announced that he had shine, and then he picks up the thermal camera, and he sees this massive, white glowing creature. And he says it was one consistency of white from head to toe. So uh, if if it was a person it was in a completely covered monkey suit that uh, uh, how they found him in this 25 square mile area we were in, you know, they were they were lucky finding him. But uh, he saw this creature that uh, we measured on the tree, somewhere between seven and a half to eight feet tall. It was standing behind the tree, and it had its right arm kind of wrapped around the tree, and it was just kind of leaning towards its left, looking at my at my boy. So seven and a half, eight feet tall. There was a huge footprint in the mud, uh, a ways behind the tree by the swamp. And I don't remember what we measured this footprint as, 17, 18, 19, I forget how many inches it was, but you could see where the toes on the front edge of the mud had slid down into the, into the mud to make the full footprint. And uh, he says, that was the point where he says, that's it, I'm out of here. And, and so that was, he was pretty popular at, uh, at camp that whole day and night and, and, uh, you know, so after a few days of people not sleeping, you know, you're excited about being there and you, you want to be awake and listen to stuff. Saturday night, uh, uh, we had a meal and there was five of us sitting around the campfire. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there and we thought, all right, you know, we, we were here to uh, uh, find Bigfoot and he's not sitting around the camp next to us here. So let's go hiking. So I was about 1 a.m. or so, five of us started hiking, hiking through the woods. And we're, we're chuckling, telling jokes, and we are not quiet. And a couple of bathroom breaks here, there, and, and we just kept hiking and we passed this, uh, uh, really good sized pond or really tiny lake, however you want to put it. And we continued past that. And then we started going deeper into the woods. And, you know, I, I had said, you know, guys, um, um, you know, if if Bigfoot uh, is typically coming out at night, uh, he's going to want to be near water and there's no water this other direction. So we turned around and we're hiking back and and we made some whooping calls. I've got a really cool loon call that I make and uh, nothing happening. It was just making noises and stuff. And we come to an area of the woods. I says, "Well, let's let's take this trail here," and uh, and I have my night vision and stuff. And and uh, you know the guys are like, "What what trail are we talking about?" And I says, "Well, here's where it goes. Here's where it comes out." I says, I've been down it two or three times already this weekend. So we went down this trail, and now we're on the shade side of a, a smaller forest, and uh, we're hiking along and still chatting and stuff. And I heard this sound behind and to the left of us, and the only way I can describe it is if you've ever been sitting under a oak or maple tree in the fall, and you hear this leaf drop next to you while you're sitting there, that's the sound I heard. It was like a nothing sound, but I kept hearing it as we're going along, and uh, pretty soon I asked the guys, hey, anybody hearing this? And you know, I get migraines, so my sight and smell and hearing sometimes are magnified and it's just uh just one of those things I guess but I convinced the guys to kind of listen a little bit more and as we're hiking along pretty soon they started hearing something so we decided let's stop we looked through the woods with our our thermal vision our night vision and so on and uh, couldn't see anything didn't hear anything we're stopped five of us staring in the direction where I'm hearing this sound or had heard this sound and uh Uh, one of the guys decides he's gonna whistle. So he just does the And it it was a pretty cool whistle. It was very crystal clear, kind of echoed here and there a little bit. And within a second, we hear from this location where I kept hearing the sound, and I'm gonna say 40 yards behind and to the left of us into the woods. We hear this And it was crystal clear. Uh, the biggest thing that I noticed about it, it had force behind it. So this wasn't a tweety bird. Um, I don't know if bears or or, or deer or moose whistling, um, but it, it had a lot of force. So we, as soon as we heard that, we're like, holy cow. So we came on the radio, we checked with all the groups. All right, where is everybody? Um, is anybody else out? Everybody else was either in their tents or at their tents around their little tiny fire. And uh, so, all right. Now we're staring into the woods where the sound came from and still couldn't see anything. And then the guide whistle again, you know. The... So uh, this time, instead of hearing something right next to us, I would say south of us, a few hundred yards, whether it was 300 yards, 500 yards, I don't know how far away it was, but we heard, And it was just like, holy cow, that is cool. And within about a second of that sound, and almost simultaneously, there were two of the identical whistles or similar whistles to our east and our west. So now we've got four different locations of whistles from something in the woods besides us. And, you know, our our host had told us at the beginning of the expedition, there's four living in this area, so, uh, we, we thought, oh, this is really cool. Still couldn't see anything on the cameras. And, uh, uh, so we decided our, one of the guys was getting a little, uh, nervous, I guess I'd say. And he says, well, let's go back to base camp because we've got cameras all around the camp and, uh, you know, we're supposed to try to get pictures. So we started hiking that direction and, and we come across another Y in the trail and, and, uh, He wanted to go to the right, back to the base camp, and I said, you know what, let's go to the left and make a U-turn, essentially, and come across uh, on the other side of this uh, narrow forest and uh, uh, see if we come across something. So we kind of popped out in this area of where my truck was parked the night before, and we're standing there, and I don't know if this was one or two in the morning, but uh, we're standing there looking through the thermal cameras and and uh, not seeing anything, not hearing anything. Pretty soon, um, I see this glowing white blob at the base of a tree um, inside of this narrow forest area that we just made a U-turn on, and it was just, I mean, it just stuck out like a sore thumb, and uh, uh, it's just there at the base of the tree, and I thought, well, okay, Rocks give off heat late into the night. Uh, It could be a sleeping bear or who knows what it could be. And as I'm staring at it, all of a sudden there's this, it stands up on two feet, and it starts rocking back and forth out from behind this tree. And uh, I hand the camera off, and this other guy picks it up, and and, uh, he had seen it, it had dropped down. Uh, and then I handed the camera off, and then the other guy picks it up, and he sees this glowing blob at the base of a tree. It stands up again, starts rocking back and forth out from behind the tree. It drops down. He handed it to the next guy, and he's looking, and he's like, all right, where was this? Where was this? And we're trying to get him, point him in a certain area to see it, and, and uh, he never did see anything. And when we picked it back up to look, we, we didn't see anything either. So whatever it was was no longer there. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> go ahead.
1: That, that, no, I was just going to say, we definitely appreciate you sharing, uh, the story, the story with yeah. us and your testimony. That was, that's awesome. Um, Tony, w- do you have any questions for Kurt? Uh, no,
0: I appreciate He's his stories.
2: Kind of covered yeah. 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 Thank well, you from, very much. And from that point, I've got like two more minutes of the story. I, once we no longer saw him or it, we decided to hike down the trail back to base camp where I had sprinted down the night before. So we we weren't as loud and crazy, and we got halfway through that trail, and I I heard that sound again. I told the guys, so now we're not as happy-go-lucky. We're staring into the darkness, and, and uh, we saw nothing on the cameras, and all of a sudden we heard this, whoo, and I thought, oh my God, that's the worst impression of an owl I've ever heard. Um, and a couple things about it, it was coming straight out in front of us. It wasn't coming out of a tree higher up. And within about a second of that owl sound, off to our right, we heard, ooh. So now we've got two owl sounds that are considerably closer than the other sounds we were hearing the whistles from earlier. And I, we're talking less than 50 yards but yet we couldn't see anything through uh, the thickness of the woods with our cameras. Um, But after that, we had, we had back to our base camp and such, but that was basically the recap of that weekend. Yeah. I've got numerous other weekend stories and, and many hundred of other stories that I've read off the internet and stuff. But yeah, if, uh, if you don't want to know that there's a seven to 10 to 12 foot tall, uh, large monkey gorilla hiking through the woods of our, of our forests. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to listen to the show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks again for sharing. Very interesting. Um, Do you have anything to plug or a website or anything or? No, I've I've got nothing to
2: plug. You know, we've got the BFRO.net. They've got a gazillion stories out there. You can click on and read. I am a member of another group. Uh, I think it's, uh, what's the name of the website, Sasquatch? I don't know. It's a Minnesota Sasquatch website. We're currently going through uh, some revamping of the website to, to uh, get it back up and running. It's, oh, SasquatchResearchers.org, uh, and okay. we specialize here in Minnesota, um, we don't sell anything. We're not, we have no ulterior motives. We just want to uh, do something that we like doing and then document it sort of. So, yeah.
1: Well, all right. Well, thanks again, Kurt. I appreciate it. I guess we don't have any questions for you, okay. but if we ever know where we need to come for any questions related to Bigfoot, um, at least now I have somebody. Sure. And
2: I uh, can talk for I, hours, guys. <laughs>
1: it's much appreciated. Thank you very much for sharing yeah. the story and, uh, you have a wonderful rest of your weekend.
2: will do. You two guys, you guys too. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Yep. Bye. Bye bye.
1: All right. So what'd you think of that, Tony? Uh
0: that was that was pretty cool, man. You know. Um I've never seen a Bigfoot myself, but it almost makes me just want to take a weekend and uh, go out and try to find one.
1: Yeah. Um you know, still I just wonder what I've heard other people, and because I wander around, I look for guests, I, I look for certain things and things I've seen about Big, Bigfoot or people ask about or talk about is that obviously they must have like, almost like a mystical power to keep themselves, um, you know, in hiding or even in some I think have said that he, they can turn themselves invisible. I don't know. Yeah. So, but I appreciate Kurt's time. Uh, definitely a, a lot of stories, you know, Dogman is a thing I Have you ever heard of the dogman before now?
0: Um no, I've only heard from dogman from you and I I have seen the movie Dog Soldiers though. I actually own it. Really? Yeah, but I don't I'm trying to think. I thought it, would, it was just soldiers against werewolves, but I d- I don't I have, haven't watched it since I don't know, like
1: it came yeah. out. Well, he said so. that's maybe a uh, beginning of a story about werewolves could be these creatures. Yeah. So, so who knows? But yeah, who knows? Um, well, maybe we'll have a dog man expert on here. Get maybe. even I know he uh, Kurt doesn't uh, say he's an expert. He's just someone who's worked with and has researched. So he's, you know, humbly has admitted that he isn't an expert, nor I don't know if there is really is there an expert on Bigfoot in the first place?
0: Yeah, I think there's just enthusiasts. I mean,
1: it's like uh, we're on the it's like the uh, unexplored frontier. Yeah. You know, so, but I'm interested to know, I mean, it seems like, if, you know, if there's so many people telling the stories and have testimonies, there's ha- there has to be something. Yeah. You know, but either way, uh, have you ever seen, so going back to that, seeing something like a cryptid or Bigfoot, and I mean, you think of the lives of people who study such thing, who may have seen things and they have to live pretty, a life where people are going to criticize them, right? I um, would think so. You know, because, I mean, it's be tough, but have you ever seen anything? Cryptid I'm, or anything? I've never seen anything unexpl- cryptid, no. No. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Um,
0: I can't even really think of anything that I would consider crazy that would be supernatural or paranormal or anything like that. Yeah. Or cryptid. I can't really. I mean, yeah, there's stuff when you were younger that maybe uh was at a ghost or whatever, but... I do nothing, nothing that sticks out.
1: There's something I remember I thought I saw, and it must have been a shadow. When you're a kid, you can't really comprehend certain things. I remember I was at my stepmom's parents' house. I had to have been maybe eight years old. And the way you sit in the living room area, and then you walk around, but there was like a big hole in the wall where you could see the dining room. But you had to walk around the wall, obviously, while I was sitting there on the ground and looked over and saw like some kind of image of like a snake headed shadow. And it freaked me out. And I was almost instantly I remember thinking, what was that? You know, and, you know, the adults were playing cards. I'm like, hey, I saw something. No, no one's listening to me. And then later on in life, I thought it had to have been a shadow of a light coming in of a plant that wasn't maybe.
0: Did they have a dog or a cat or something?
1: No, no animals, just other kids. And I, you know, it was like unexplainable. I'm like, okay, there's got to be something easily to explain it. I never thought of it as anything weird. Um, But the only other thing that was weird for me that no one would believe me is a a talking dog. Grew up with a dog. And I think I've told you this that could say hamburger.
0: yeah, the dog could say... <laughs> yeah, because that's just weird that the dog could only say one thing and it was hamburger.
1: Yeah, hamburger. Yeah, the dog said it, though. You know? I mean, there's a, lot of, a lot of witnesses, a lot of eyewitnesses that heard the same thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I always wish, like... Here's the thing. If I had seen... If I were to see a Bigfoot, a ghost, an alien, chupacabra, dog, man, werewolf, anything, you know, I... Would be pretty much in quadrant four. I'd be on fire. I would not be able to stop talking. I wouldn't be just chilling on someone's couch eating Doritos and all of a sudden just tell someone, yeah, I saw Bigfoot once. Like, I feel like if I seen a ghost, I'd be at either a police station. I wouldn't even know what to do, but I would be going somewhere till I got answers. Yeah, there's a ghost in here and it doesn't, I'm not, someone needs to go take a look at this. It is, there is this thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way I could just not be, I'd be just, yeah, you know, yeah, one day I did see someone crawling on my the ceiling of my house. No, you didn't. I don't believe those people because yeah. they're saying it so nonchalant. Like, there's no way you're just going to chill and be like, yeah, I just saw this. Bullshit, I call shit yeah. For me, it
0: would be life-changing if I saw a Bigfoot or, like, a UFO that really looked like an extraterrestrial ship. My whole paradigm... Of, of what I thought my whole life's existence would totally shift and change. It's like, no, I want to know more about this and why right. don't we know about this and who's hiding it and why and what the heck's going on.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. Like I would, and maybe, you know, so when someone does devote their life after they see something, it's like, Oh, maybe they did see something. What the heck did they see? Yeah. I mean, you know, and I don't know. In today's age where people are questioning science so much, and I think it's important. You you do want to question things, right? I mean things if we were to think that science was one hundred percent accurate, we understood everything from the science we had five hundred years ago to now, we probably wouldn't have progressed much, right? All right. But it was other scientific data and other science related progress we made, not not but not based off things that weren't scientifically proven. You know, I think that's sometimes the difference between progressing science and conspiracy theory and but in this case you know, like he said, you know, hey, I couldn't snap a picture of the Bigfoot. Like, just one Bigfoot in the in the Patterson Gimlin film. Obviously, this thing's walking, right? And that's the thing where they see the the you know the thing's walking away. Yeah. Uh, from the you know, like it could have been someone in a monkey suit, whatever. It's like,
0: yeah, who knows?
1: You know, like okay, they had a camera, but why? You know, like like he said, like you know, if I had, if I saw a bear, I wouldn't be able to pull out. A, you know, like, yeah, I wouldn't go start taking a picture if I saw someone. You know, blowing something up. I'm not gonna sit there going, "Hey, well, nowadays everyone uses their cell phone, right?" Yeah. They, rather than doing something about it, they're gonna just put up their cell phone and start filming it. But, but yet, okay. But there's still pictures of bears. There's still pictures of these violent acts. There's still pictures of things. But we don't have any real legitimate picture of this Bigfoot, right? So there's got to be something about these things maybe this if they exist it's the same as when we've talked about people talking about lizard people right that they have these holograms and you know we have to have that we need to have dr ari back on here
0: yeah because he has so much more to
1: tell us yeah i need to give him back because i want to ask him about bigfoot and see if they have kind of more like technology i just feel like there's a species that goes out and shits in the forest and Hairy. They don't wear clothes. I mean, who, where do they live? Do they live in trees? Do they live in caves. You think they have access to like superior technology? Like all of a sudden they have hologram suits. <laughs> <laughs> they can stay invisible. I don't know, man. I, I, yeah. But it's interesting though. I mean, the what the dog man for sure. I mean, he said off the air. I talked to it. He said the dog man. They're more aggressive. He said they're no. They've been known. I'm not sure. Benounced to who or who is saying this, but they're the ones who are violent and they're the ones who are going to like, they murder, they kill people, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't recall seeing something that I thought was weird. I've had some strange dreams, but that's just about it. Um. So, yeah, I don't know, man, we've gone pretty long. What? Two hours now?
0: Oh, we're over two hours.
1: Oh, jeez. I'll yeah, just put about, it out there. I guess we just put it out yeah, put we're this about, thing out
0: there. Yeah, we're about two hours and ten minutes in, so
1: well sorry to everyone for a two hour show. I mean yeah, we man. try to keep it that's but hey maybe it's interesting. Maybe people are gonna like yeah, it. Yeah, Maybe
0: like it, yeah. So again you know, email us at squirt 2 stab at gmail dot com. Uh the emails at the website also, but squirt 2 stab at gmail dot com.
1: Yeah.
0: And thanks that, for joining. Yeah. All right. We have
1: some other guests though. Just uh, plug, and we're gonna have. I guess, I mean, everything could change. I think we're gonna we're working on having a, a a band that's gonna be joining us uh, midweek. Rock and out. We have some we have some other store uh, some other guests in store here for at least the next three shows, and always looking for more Rock guests. So, yeah. E- email us squirtstab yeah. yeah. gmail.
0: Yeah. Let us know. All right. Yes. Cool beans. All right, and man.
1: We'll we have a good rest of your weekend brother
0: yeah you too man all
1: right all right (laughs)